what's going on guys welcome back to consuming crime with jen and jules it is jules here with the final part of the casey anthony series there are a total of three parts this is part three i'm over it i just finished watching the episode took all my notes and um now we're gonna get into it before we get started make sure you give us five stars wherever you are listening and be sure to check out the patreon at the five dollar level you get two bonus episodes a month at the seven dollar level you get that plus our ad free of our regular content and at the $12 level you get all of that plus you get to not only listen to me tell the story you get to watch me tell the story y'all I can't breathe <laughs> I am so dumbfounded at how this case ended up and I cannot wait to tell you guys all about it so we can talk about it we last left off talking about this Bella Vita tattoo twisted dark morbid disgusting the forensic evidence was pretty much the backbone of the prosecution's case and it's up to Baez, the defense attorney, to contradict everything the prosecution is saying. So I'm going to go through the list of things that the prosecution brings up and Jose Baez's explanation for all of these things. Dr. Lawrence Kobolinski is a forensic scientist that was hired by Jose Baez to fight on his side. He had advised Baez to fight fire with fire, meaning fight forensics with forensics, because jurors don't know and do not understand forensics, so all you really have to do is play with verbiage here. Baez chooses to question Dr. Arpred Voss's credibility. Remember, Dr. Voss is the one that is using this new technique and determined that there was decomposition in the trunk. He disputed the odor first. He said that there was, in fact, a bag of garbage that Casey had left in the car, or in the trunk, and then it went to the impound lot, it stinks, it's like 90 degrees, super hot, and, and she left it in there, so it makes sense that it would stink really bad. Basically garbage marinating in hot weather for days. They called Cindy to the stand to back this up. So I guess, I guess we're just gonna ignore the 911 call that she made, saying it smells like there's been a damn dead body in the car. On the stand, she says, I did not believe it to be rotting flesh. That's a flat lie. That's a flat lie. At some point, there is video recording, audio recording, of you saying it smells like... Okay. Let me... Let me relax. And continue. In the interview today, in the documentary, she says that she only said the comment about the rotting flesh or the dead body in the car to get police there faster. But why the urgency? If you knew that it was garbage in the trunk, why the urgency to get police there? Unless you really truly believe there had been a dead body in the car. Now Baez is disputing the carpet sample, which, like I said before, was a new technique that Dr. Vaz was using. Baez asked him, is this the first time you are testifying in the court of law using this new type of science? He says yes. And from a juror's point of view, if it's new, it's not credible. Which is not true, but I could see how it looks kind of bad. Now he's questioning Dr. Vaz's qualifications. He asks him about chemistry. Do you know chemistry? He says, yes. What is your degree in? Anthropology. So he's like, how could you know chemistry if that's not even what your degree is in? And the technique used to determine that it was decomposition had something to do with putting air into a paint can. They explained it in detail in the documentary how it was done, but... Baez is kind of making it laughable, saying, really, you measured air from a can? Like, okay, that's how he's approaching the situation. He then disputes the high levels of chloroform. 
chloroform, he asks his uh, forensic science guy about it. He says chloroform can be found just about anywhere. It's in a whole bunch of cleaning products. Like, it totally makes sense for it to be in the trunk of a car. Like, this is not weird. Again, with the, like, come on. Like, it it doesn't make any sense. Like, haha. Like, la- making it laughable, basically. Next, he's disputing the searches on the computer for how to make chloroform. You guys. You guys, you guys, you guys. Baez has Cindy on the stand and asks her, did you search for chloroform? She says she was looking for chlorophyll and it prompted her to search for chloroform. I'm lying. I can't say it. I'm on, I'm on platforms that don't allow me to curse, but I have a lot to say. In the interview today in the documentary, Cindy is sticking to this story, saying that she was looking for chlorophyll because her dog had eaten some bamboo leaves and she wanted to see if it was toxic to dogs. Why not just Google, are bamboo leaves toxic to dogs? But no, how to make chloroform? That's not... (laughs) The prosecution is now cross-examining her and asks her, or tells her, your workplace places you at work on that Monday, the Monday that you're saying you were home. She says, it's possible, yes. It's not! It's... (laughs) Um, I'm getting my crazy laugh, y'all. The prosecution shows her time cards of that day. And Cindy says, if those computer entries were made, then I made them. I was home. Those two sentences don't make sense. If those computer entries were there, then I made them. Says... And confirms you were at work making the time sh- the timestamps, but I was home. That's a whole nother sentence. It's literally like saying, "I hate cats. I love cats," and expecting us to believe both of them. Or like what? One of the women being interviewed in the documentary is saying that she can. She says that Cindy is doing this out of love. Out of love. I'm not even gonna get into how that makes me feel. <laughs> Out of love, we all think differently. I would like to think I would not cover up for my son if they did something like this. I'd probably be more how George is being, which we'll get into later. Now Baez is focusing on the man who found the remains. This man had used a stick and poked through the uh, eye socket of the skull, picked it up, and put it back down. He says he did that to check and make sure and see if it really was a skull. Because he did this, Baez is now stating that you can't trust the entire crime scene, it is contaminated, and you have to throw it out. Which, I mean, he's not necessarily wrong, but it's frustrating. So what about the duct tape? Baez's forensic guy says he needs to question the experts about the tape. So he gets his own guy to perform the autopsy, and in his autopsy he is saying that there is no way the duct tape could have been on her face because there is no skin, there is no DNA, to indicate that the duct tape was placed on the little girl. Are they gonna explain why there was even duct tape near her? They're not even, there's just duct tape randomly on the skull. It's random. Maybe it was on her finger when she drowned. The prosecution is saying, and I agree with them, that in 90 degree heat in an area that was underwater at some points, if for months, if it's possible that the skin disintegrated, so would the DNA. It is unrealistic to place an item anywhere in the woods, have it be that hot for that many months, have it be underwater, and there's still to be DNA on that item. But this is more of a game of who is the jury going to believe? Who is more convincing? Who is the better liar? That's what this is. 
Baez's autopsy guy even questions the state's ruling, which is made by Dr. G, in the manner of death being homicide. He's just saying, there's no way the manner of death could be homicide. There's just simply no way. There's not really giving anything to back this up. He's just saying, there's no way. And we hope the jury believes us. So now the defense has to explain away Casey's character. How the hell are they going to do that? Probably in the same manner that they just explained everything else. Using the same witnesses, Clint, Tony, um, they asked if he, she was a good mother. And was she? did she ever show signs of neglect, anything like that? And they all said, no, she was a good mother. No, we never saw her neglecting her daughter. Baez is telling the jury that Casey had plenty of help from her parents. There were a whole bunch of single mothers that had it harder than her, which means this whole child-free lifestyle that the prosecution is claiming she wanted is just unrealistic and is not a good enough reason and definitely not enough motive to kill her own daughter. I hate you, Jose Baez. I I hope you're listening. Baez does not, again, bring up the sexual abuse done by her father or the drowning. Those two allegations, also, there were no witnesses. There were, he didn't bring up any type of evidence or witnesses to back either of those two things up. In the closing arguments, the prosecution says, whose life is better off with Kaylee dead? She pulls up a photo of her at the club, of Casey at the club, and the tattoo Bellavita. And then she says, there is your answer. Judge Perry told Baez not to mention the assault in the closing arguments because there's no proof for it. So Baez, his closing arguments, he's just saying none of this adds up. Did they present evidence as to where she was when she passed away? Did they even tell us how she passed away? No. And then he shows a photo of Kaylee in front of the window or the sliding door that leads to the pool. Which we don't know when this picture was taken, by the way. So the one thing he did do that the prosecution did not do as well of a job of doing is he did present a picture an image he essentially dumbed it down that's all Baez did Baez's story is just easier to understand if your IQ is like four and a half on July 5th 2011 the verdict comes in the jury deliberated for about 11 hours which would kind of lead the average person to believe it was a guilty verdict just because of the fact that that's really fast judge Perry's being interviewed in the documentary today and he is saying he had to read the verdict twice. He had to read it twice. He couldn't believe what he was saying. Really quick, you guys, I interrupt this program to introduce you to today's sponsor. It is Consuming Crime's very first sponsor, and that is Audible.com, which is an Amazon-owned company. They are the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, you get one free credit, and with our code, Consuming Crime, you can get one month free and one free audiobook. I actually use Audible myself. I don't really have time to sit down and read a book. I'm constantly moving around and, you know, doing school, work, the podcast, things like that. Right now, I am currently reading a book written by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. I love a lot of his works, and the one I'm reading right now is called The Mastery of Self. I am obsessed with self-development, self-growth, and this book really teaches you about knowing who you are, knowing, you know, what you have to offer the world, and just knowing that, you know, no one's better than anyone ever, and I think it's really good to just be self-aware. 
With that being said, again, go on and head over to audibletrial.com slash consumingcrime and get your free audiobook on us completely. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash consumingcrime. Now, back to the story. On the count of first-degree murder, not guilty. On the count of aggravated manslaughter of a child, not guilty. And on the count of aggravated child abuse, not guilty. The media was pissed absolutely absolutely pissed at casey and at the jurors she was charged with four misdemeanors lying to police being one of them in the interview now cindy is saying that she feels at peace with the verdict she says she asked god to show her what her daughter had done through the verdict and that if she really did this terrible thing to kaylee to put her in jail george is saying in the interview now that he hates to say it but it's all about who can put on the better show. And I agree 100%. It's not even about, this case is not about the truth. This case was truly about who put the better show on, and it was Jose Baez. In the press conference, Baez is saying, when I get home tonight, my daughter's gonna ask what I did today, and I will tell her I saved a life. Mother, okay, let me not cuss. In the documentary, a juror is being interviewed, and he's talking about how he was being harassed, he got death threats, and I will tell you guys, I don't agree with that at all. You know, like, what's done is done, just count it as the jurors were morons and move on, you know? Harassing them is not gonna get Kaylee any justice. It's not gonna bring her back to life, and it's definitely not gonna put Casey Anthony in prison. The juror continues to talk and is saying, they couldn't connect Casey to the murder. They didn't say how she died, and it was all circumstantial. Remember what I said before about jurors thinking that circumstantial evidence has no weight. Physical evidence and circumstantial evidence weigh the same. Please, if you take anything from this episode, take that. That This will not be the last time that I mention this. Every time it comes up, I'm debunking it. I'm not even going to dig into this juror. I'm not going to say his name because, I I mean, he said he got death threats. I don't want to restart that. I think he's a moron. I think all of them are morons. Um, Am I going to reach out to him? Am I going to threaten his life? No. That's not my business. What's done is done. But I'm never going to stop thinking that he is an idiot. I mentioned earlier that Jose Baez painted a prettier picture. Because Baez presented images just like the photo of Kaylee standing in front of the door, it was easier for a juror mind to to comprehend. Like I said, Baez painted a picture of what happened, put it in a pretty little bow, and said, here's what happened. The prosecution, you kind of had to like, they they kind of made like a, like a connect the dots, and the dots were in a row. They just didn't connect it. They didn't feel like picking up a pencil and connecting all those little dots. Casey Anthony was charged with one year per misdemeanor, served consecutively, so four years. She had been in prison for more than three years at that time, and she received time off for good behavior. So 10 days after a verdict was reached, on July 17th, she was released from prison. She, what is interesting about this is she did not go to her parents' house. She went to stay with one of the attorneys and work for them as a maid, and then later lived in another home with like a, a church, like a church sanctuary, and then she moved again. In January of 2013, 
Florida overturned two of the misdemeanors, which all I think all that would do is wipe from her record because she already served the time. Zenaida Gonzalez also comes back and sues her for using her name and crapping all over it, essentially. And the search company that they, the parents, the grandparents used to find Kaylee had also sued. Casey ends up filing for bankruptcy. She reaches a settlement with the search company and Zenaida's lawsuit is dismissed. Then later on, a private investigator by the name of Dominic Casey, who was on the defense team during the trial, released documents, affidavits, statements. I wasn't going to give this much attention just because it's more of a scandal, but there was one part of it that I do want to mention. He said that he witnessed Baez having control over Casey and she was compliant, which makes sense. That's her attorney. You should listen to him. Baez had set up a media interview and she asked him to cancel it and so he did. The repayment was uh, allegedly in Baez's words, you owe me three blowjobs. Could have been a joke. Is it inappropriate? Yes. But now he's saying that they progressively become more inappropriate with each other and at some point she was running outside of his office giggling and she was naked. According to Dominic Casey, his last name is Casey? Sorry, that just processed. According to the private investigator that's reporting all of this, Casey was paying off her legal services in sexual favors. Which, it's 2020, like, at the time it was 2013, 2011, like, I don't know. I'm, it, I guess my biggest thing is, like, what does this have to do with Kaylee dying? Like, at this point, can we just stop talking about Casey Anthony? <laughs> like, and meanwhile, I'm making a podcast episode talking about Casey Anthony. Oops. But the point that I wanted to get at was that he alleged that Baez, before they found Kaylee's body in the woods, Baez already knew that Kaylee was dead. And he sent the private investigator, Dominic Casey, to go find the body before anybody else could. On top of that, Baez is the one that came up with the pool theory. Which I think we already knew that. But, like, if that's true... I mean, I, I believe it's true. Oh my gosh, you guys. Baez is one sick... He's, like, sicker than I thought he was. If he already knew the little girl was dead... Not only was he trying to get Casey off <laughs> sexually and legally, but he was trying to cover up the body for her. She can't be that good in bed. What? I don't mean to be inappropriate, but come on, you guys. Baez and Casey are quick to respond, and of course, they deny everything. And none of this gets brought up again. It was kind of just like a scandal. Now is the part of the documentary where George and Cindy are being interviewed. They account of this day very differently. Cindy is sticking to her story. She's saying on June 16th, something happened. She drowned. Casey panicked. And she is, again, she's going to stick to this story. It was an accident. My biggest question is if that was true and she really died of an accident, why didn't she feel comfortable going back home to you guys? Cindy is saying that she actually did not know that this happened until Baez told her that this happened. Which would explain why Cindy's saying, I'm barely finding out about Kaylee being missing after a month. Now, let's hear what George has to say. George is saying, I don't believe Kaylee drowned in this pool. It's a bunch of bull to me. If that happened, I would think Casey would have enough common sense to call 911. He did notice that Kaylee, the little girl's behavior, was off a few months before she went missing. He noticed that Kaylee would sleep 
for 10, 11, 12, 13 hours at a time, which is unusual for a little girl. And that when she was awake, she would have dark circles under her eyes as if she was like tired still. He thinks that Casey gave her some type of drugs to render her unconscious to put her to sleep so that she could have a break. You guys, this is the part that gets even more ridiculous if you can believe it. The drug that George is saying that he thinks that she gave her daughter is Xanax. They asked Clint in an interview and George separately, what is the street name for Xanax? And you know what they say? Zanny. You guys. You guys. Zanny. Just picture this, okay? Clint, Tony, Casey hanging out at Tony's house. They're like, oh, where's Kaylee? Oh, Zanny's watching her. That is so morbid, you guys. Clint is now saying, yeah, he thinks that she used Xanax to babysit her child. I'm so speechless right now. I'm going to have to edit out all of these pauses, but I am so speechless right now. As the documentary is being recorded, George does not talk to his daughter. He knows that she is somewhere in Florida, but he says he will not be speaking to her again. He is aware and he has acknowledged the fact that he lost his granddaughter and his daughter. And he believes that Casey should be behind bars to suffer the same way that Kaylee did. Cindy still talks to Casey sometimes and she says, I have to forgive her. If I don't, then I won't be able to live with myself. I'm going to leave this woman alone. I have a lot to say, but you know what? I'm biting my tongue. George and Cindy are still together and they say it's because they've been through similar hurt, which... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question how people grieve. That's their business. That was part three. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. May Kaylee rest in peace, you guys. She would have been let me ask Alexa. Alexa, when was Kaylee Anthony born? Wow, she would have been fifteen years old this year, guys. Happy 15th birthday to Kaylee Anthony. I'm sorry, your mom was garbage. I almost actually got emotional right now. Oh, that was weird, huh? Other than that, you guys, that's pretty much it for today. Um, Make sure you give us five stars wherever you're listening. And check out the Patreon. $5 gets you two bonus episodes a month. $7 gets you that plus our regular feed ad-free. And the $12 gets you all that. And not only do you get to listen to me tell the story, you get to watch me tell the story. Thank you for consuming crime with me today. Y'all will hear me next week.